folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind, when you want to hit the reset button. Reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. to another episode of Purple Insider presented by Scout Logistics. Matthew Collar here and joining me, he's, he's been away for a while covering college basketball, um, I guess, for ESPN. Uh, Myron Metcalf, what, what's going on, man? I'm excited to, you know, have an offseason in the basketball world, but, you know, football never stops. So a lot of cool developments there. Uh, yeah, just a couple in maybe the, say, the land of Green Bay. Um, so we're only going to talk about Adam Thielen saying Lambeau Field sucks. That's, where, that's what we're going to talk about here for 45 <laughs> straight minutes. Um, not talk about Aaron Rodgers at all. Look, here's the thing. I would defend Adam Thielen in a lot of ways. I would say he's a very great receiver, that he's a great route runner. He's got good hands. I would even say he's more athletic than you think. Just kidding. But uh, I would not defend that take. Sorry, man. Sorry, I can't. Like Lambeau Field, are you attacking the, the stadium? You can attack the franchise if you want. You can make fun of Wisconsin. Can't attack Lambeau Field. Yeah, you just don't go there, you know? It, and and the thing is, like, I mean, that stadium is going to turn on the Vikings because of the rivalry, but he's going to get some extra uh, with that. Uh, and I just, like, to me, you can't believe that. Like, Lambeau's one of those places where I don't care who you're a fan of. I don't care what sport you love. You want to go to a game there and you want to be a part of that just to say that you did it because it's just one of those magical places. Even if you hate the Packers, it's a unique place. And I have never, ever heard anyone opposing fans, Packers fans say it's a terrible place. I mean, it literally embodies football when you think about the fact that there's no like big owner. I mean, the people own it. You go to games, every driveway and parking lot is parking for the games. You go to a breakfast in the morning and people have Green Bay Packers Bibles and coats and there's just nothing like it. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's one of those things where as you're thinking it, you got to be like, yeah, this ain't worth it because it <laughs> right. just it just wasn't. And it was false. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like it was completely false, Adam. You know that. 
Yeah. And uh, there are worse opposing locker rooms. If that's part of his beef, there's certainly way worse field, like playing surfaces. Uh, just look at Chicago for both of those things that soldier field, even after, after they redid soldier field still has the worst turf. It still has the, the smallest opposing locker room that I've ever been in. So if those are complaints, I mean, also, even when you just walk up to Lambeau field, and I'm not trying on a Vikings podcast to give too much credit to the Packers, but we're talking about their stadium, a building. Like there is a mystique about it that is truly something to behold. Like I can't stand the New York Yankees, but I had to go to Yankee Stadium. I am not a Boston Red Sox fan. I had to go to Fenway Park. Like these are, it just, it falls into the annals of great stadiums. I'm sorry, Adam Thielen. That's just, that's just a no go on that take. So it's, uh, it's not the most important discussion to be had with the green Bay Packers though. I just want your reaction as someone who grew up in the sad state of Wisconsin, Myron, um, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, man? Like, is it just start with, do you think he plays another game for green Bay? Oh man, that's an incredible question. I'll say no. Um, and I'm basing that on what people who know a lot more than I do have said, I've heard more negativity, more it's probably not going to work out than I've heard. No, no, he's coming back. This will blow over. You know, you look at the different situations. Russell Wilson came out and said, you know what? I don't know if I want to be here. I don't know if this is a place for me. And there were reports about what was going on with Pete Carroll and control. That died in about two weeks. It was there and then it was gone, right? The whole Russell Wilson thing. This isn't the first time we've had a disgruntled quarterback. But this isn't like this just happened within the last couple of weeks. This has been building. And I actually think it's been building since Mike McCarthy. The credit that Aaron Rodgers got for how he carried that team under Mike McCarthy wasn't sufficient, in my opinion, because I think he won in spite of Mike McCarthy. And when you're doing that and you have a Super Bowl, and you're seeing Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and these other quarterbacks continue to play at a high level as they age, you expect the same sort of treatment. And I think that's where it starts with Aaron Rodgers. He's saying, I'm the best thing you got going. I'm your best chance to get to a Super Bowl. How dare you go out and draft a Jordan Love and not give me more weapons? And I think he is at a point where He's not going to budge. And I think what he wants, it's not just the extension, being the highest paid quarterback, all that stuff. The level of respect and admiration, I think that he wants, I don't think the new regime is going to give that to him. Like 30 years we're talking of the Green Bay Packers being led by a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now I'm old enough to remember watching Don Magic Mikowski throw four interceptions in a game when I'm watching that old country buffet with my dad after church one day. And I'm like, that's our quarterback, dad. Like, are you kidding me? We're done as a franchise. Sterling Sharp needs help. You know, he's not, he deserves better. Like that was the frustration of being a kid and a Packers fan. Then Brett Farber rise. And you get this run of almost 30 years where you've never had to think about quarterback. This is also a very spoiled franchise that hasn't had to deal with the things other teams have had to deal with. So they've gotten very comfortable. The flip side is Aaron Rodgers has sort of made himself the king of that. Brett Favre was trying to be one with the people. I mean, I don't know who Brett Favre is today, 
But the guy who played quarterback for the Packers was the kind of guy where people said, I'd love to go have a beer with that guy. Aaron Rodgers has never been that. Aaron Rodgers has been the underdog who overachieved, and now you all should recognize my greatness because guess what? It might not last forever. You combine all of those things, it's just hard for me to see how Aaron Rodgers sits at a table with the Packers and their administration and everybody leaves saying, we're in a good place. This feels like a divorce that's been in the making for a while. Uh, Usually Courtney Cronin is in charge of pie charts here, but I think I need you to fill one out. Pie chart of blame here though, because I'll give you the the things to fill it in. You've got uh, their general manager, and his overall, uh, Brian Gutekunst's overall arrogance. To draft a corner this year when there were great wide receivers on the board, Rondell Moore is on the board. You could just give him right to Aaron Rodgers and be like, no, we're going to stick with our board and pick this overdrafted corner. It's very bizarre. Um, and, and, you know, even to do it last year and be like, no, we're going to pick a running back in the second. So uh, Brian Gutekunst and his overall arrogance is one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' pettiness uh, and the, I'll just give you three, just, this is how it goes. Like what percentage is just when a quarterback gets old with a team, when he's been great, it usually doesn't end super nicely with John Elway, raising the trophy and walking off the field. Yeah. Oh man. Pie charts are great. Uh, I think Brian Gutekunst is uh 50% of that pie. Here's the deal. There are GMs who want to win and understand that their legacies will be defined by how often they do that, by whether or not they do that at the highest levels. There are GMs who believe that they've got to build something from scratch. Even if there's an established culture, they want their legacy to be, I did that, right? And a lot of those guys lose in the end because they can't get outside themselves and realize that, you know what, if you're not, extending the success of this organization, that's going to be what defines you more than anything. You came into a situation where Aaron Rodgers is going into his late thirties and he's playing some of his best football. That's not an easy thing to find. You've got an MVP quarterback right there. You've got a chance to get to the Super Bowl, back-to-back opportunities you've had with this quarterback in his late thirties. He's asking for weapons. All you have to do is offer those weapons to him. Where did Tom Brady go to a place that had a bunch of weapons? What is Russell Wilson asking for? More weapons? Every single quarterback in the NFL has the same wish list every single offseason. Can you give me more weapons? So to me, if you're Brian Gutekunst and you look at that wish list and you go, you know what? I'm going to build things my way. To me, you've already lost because you've decided that you want to be known as the guy who built this. What the hell are you building? These are the Packers, okay? This is a team that has one of the richest legacies in all of sports. You have a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. And here's my thing on the Super Bowls, right? Let's go to the last 20 years. Tom Brady's been involved in 10 of those Super Bowls. He's won seven, he's lost three. So Tom Brady, there's Tom Brady Mountain. You've had to conquer him in some way to get through half the Super Bowls. There have been two really good Steelers teams that won them. The defensive forces uh, that won those Super Bowls, you could put the Ravens in that category that won the two, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning when he wasn't that good the year after the MVP year. 
I'll put them in that category as well. So now you're talking about 15 of the 20 Super Bowls are accounted for. That leaves four or five real Super Bowls to me in those 20 years kind of up for grabs, right? Russell Wilson got one. Patrick Mahomes got one. Peyton Manning in Indianapolis got one. Drew Brees got one. And Aaron Rodgers got one with the Green Bay Packers. If you look at the Super Bowl in the last 20 years that way, then you understand that it's very, very difficult to identify, to nurture, to find a quarterback who can put you in that conversation consistently. And Aaron Rodgers has done that. So I blame Brian Gutekunst for half this because part of it is his, it's his ego to me. Uh, and he didn't have to, it didn't have to be this way. Quarter of it to me is Aaron Rodgers and his pettiness. At some point, I understand the fans who say, what else does he want? You've been near the mountaintop a couple of times. Tampa Bay was right there. And at the end of the day, you all just didn't perform. And you were an important part of that. You had nothing against the 49ers last year, but you were right there. At some point, you got to go, what else do you need uh, to really put you in this position where you think you're going to conquer everybody in the NFL, this, this young NFL with all these quarterbacks who are coming up and getting better and better? Is it fair to ask for everything, you know? Uh, what more can you offer Aaron Rodgers that legitimately makes them the team to beat in the NFL? I don't think it's that simple. So there's half, a quarter of it for him. And then I think another quarter is like breakups are never easy and divorces are never easy. And especially when it involves star players, Peyton Manning got cut. I mean, Joe Montana got traded. These things get nasty. They get ugly. And I think there's a part of it, but it does feel to me that this was preventable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most frustrating part. It didn't have to be this way. And that's why the Packers are going to be kicking themselves if this all goes south. Folks, the football offseason is off and rolling, and Soda Stick has you covered with Minnesota sports-themed gear. Some of my favorite football designs that you have to check out include the Chuck Foreman Spin Doctor gear. You can commemorate Randy Moss's disgusting act on a shirt or a hoodie. And if you're old school, check out the Purple People Eaters design as well. Go to SodaStick.com and check them all out. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping on all your Minnesota sports-inspired gear. All of their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. Plus, keep your eyes and ears out for our giveaways going on on this show as well on social media. Follow them at SodaStickCo on Twitter and at SodaStick.com for your original Minnesota sports inspired goods. Code PurpleInsider for free shipping. Hey everyone, anybody who listens to the show knows that Sam and I may not be scratch golfers, but we love to have a great time playing golf. And that's why we have partnered with Birdie Golf in Woodbury. Birdie Golf is hands down the best indoor golf experience you will ever have. There are eight of the world's best golf simulators where you can sharpen your swing and luckily for us, never lose a ball. But it's not just for hardcore golfers. Birdie Golf is for everyone. Bring the family, play arcade style games while dining on great food in an upscale and comfortable environment. They have private bays for social distancing, a luxury lounge for private events, outdoor patio, and scratch kitchen. You'll want to try the whiskey or beer float flights and the best boneless wings in the metro. Make golf a night out or the place to hold parties, events, fundraisers, even your fantasy football draft. Check out Birdie Golf at 494 in Valley Creek in Woodbury, just a short drive from anywhere in the Twin Cities metro, and at birdiegolf.com, or you could call 651 651- 
998-2200 today. I'll see you there. Well, one thing that Brian Gutekunst doesn't seem to realize is that they've gone 13 and three the last two years. The Minnesota Vikings have gone 13 and three twice in my lifetime, I think. So um, you, when you think about it from that perspective, it's like, buddy, the reason you went 13, three, the last two years is Aaron Rodgers. The reason that you're consistently as a franchise right there in position to have playoff tragedies that have cost you chances to win the Super Bowl as Aaron Rodgers is because of Aaron Rodgers. Anybody else in that offense probably does pretty well last year. Do they win the MVP? Do they, I mean, do, no, they don't because you, this guy is your one shot. And the other thing too, is when you look at Tom Brady playing into his forties, I mean, this isn't like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, this is it for him. This is his last year and he's about to fall off the way that he played. You can keep up this level of performance if you're the Packers and thinking that it's you as the general manager or you as the coach. I mean, this is where I kind of can't wait for the Los Angeles Rams to go eight and nine this year thinking, ah, it's uh, Jared Goff's fault, not me, Sean McVay, or not the roster that started to really slip in terms of their weapons and offensive line. And uh, no, 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 no. I'm still a genius. I'm still a genius. I'm still a brilliant team builder, Brian Gutekunst. It can't be that this quarterback is the reason we've been so successful. But I would challenge anybody to find teams that went back-to-back 13-3 and without a Hall of Fame quarterback. You will not find it. It does not happen. Um, so, and and the, the Vikings are proof of that. They go 13-3, and and then the next year, they're 8 7 Seven and one because that's football for you. Unless you have Aaron Rodgers, the fact that like Kansas city even did what they did last year, it almost never happens to even get back there. And, and they're looking at Mahomes and going, gosh, man, couldn't even get the super bowl win. It's just, it's amazing. The difference when you have that person from when you don't. So even if Jordan love is as good as Kirk cousins or as good as whoever, I mean, think about even what that, that standard is. Even Russell Wilson could not drag his team back to another Super Bowl and how difficult that is. Even these other elite quarterbacks. And and so I I guess I just look at it as like, yes, they're right that they have to stack up a, a roster because if you're Seattle, Wilson can only drag you so far. But to ignore what this guy wants and say, no, 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 I'm in charge here and you're the employee and I'm the employer. It just like defies any sort of logic. And that's why I, I think it's more of like 75% um, Brian Gutekunst because the asks were not that hard. I mean, draft a wide receiver, is that tough? Um, so that, that's kind of how I lean. But I wanted to ask you, like, how, how petty are you? Like Aaron Rodgers is the all-time standard for petty and for like, hold a grudge. Where, where are you on that... Uh, and then uh, if there was like a petty meter, are, are you like in the red, the orange, the yellow? As a younger man, I was known to hold grudges. Like my siblings would tell you that I was the kind of guy who, if you did something in like 1991, I was still reminding you about it in 95. Like it, had, it hadn't left me yet, you know? <laughs> so I certainly, as a younger person, was far more petty. I mean, nowadays... Try not to hold things uh, against people, but I, but I will say, things happened to me, have happened to me in my career that I've never forgotten. You know, I've had situations in my career uh, in in the sports world where things happened, and you know what, I moved on, but I never forgot certain situations or certain conversations. Or so I definitely have some of that career pettiness. I think a little bit, um, but but I also think. If you know you're good at something, if you know you're capable, 
And all you're asking is for someone to back you on that. And they say, eh, I don't know. There's nothing more deflating than, than, than like going to someone and just wanting them to have your back. And then they don't. And I think Aaron Rodgers feels that. You know, I think more than anything, he's going to the package and saying, trust me on this. Trust me that if we get a couple new young targets, uh, has anyone seen the kid Justin Jefferson just west of here and what he was able to do in year one? Can I have one of those? Can you give me a couple of targets just to open up this offense so they can't put four guys uh, following Devontae Adams? Like, to me, he was saying, do you all have my back? And I think the Packers are saying, no, we don't. So I can relate to that. In those situations, I'm super petty. Like, if we're close and we're cool and I'm like, hey, I just need you to have my back. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. It'll be hard for me to ever repair that in the future. I'll be cordial. I'll be cool. But we'll never be as close as maybe we would have been after something like that happened. I am close to Aaron Rodgers level petty. I, I mean, just like I, I am, I am there. There are things, uh, and luckily my wife finds it entertaining because there are things that people said to me 20 years ago that I will still bring up and just be like, oh man, well, I was told. I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was an intern in sports radio, I was like writing columns for the website and a guy who was a regular guest on the show, who was like a TV, whatever, one of those people, uh, he, he was like, seems like you're trying to impress yourself too much with the writing. So then every single time I got like a job or whatever, and, and pass this guy in, in my career, be like, well, I guess I just impressed myself again. You hate to see it. Damn. It's too bad. So that's, that's me. That's how I am. So in a way I probably don't ding Rogers enough for it because I'm exactly like him. And I would probably act the same way. I'd be like, uh, Justin Jefferson looks pretty good. If only you had a quarterback, Oh, I guess your scouting department. Well, a bunch of geniuses you got there. You drafted a guy who couldn't be my backup. Tim Boyle is my backup. And Justin Jefferson is breaking Moss records. Oh, really? <laughs> That's part of it. But see here, that's a that's a big thing that people aren't including in this conversation, right? Let's not pretend that like franchises don't move on all the time. They do. It happens all the time. But there's a difference between Joe Montana and Steve Young sitting right there, or the Colts got this great guy and Andrew Luck that everybody has agreed is going to be a great quarterback, and he was when he was healthy, from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Like, Jordan Love, statistically, in his last year, was not the best quarterback in the Mountain West, okay? You can say what you want. He lost a bunch of talent, all of that stuff. I get it. He was better his sophomore year. I get it. But he was not this dominant force in the Mountain West. That's a problem. Because now you've got to prove yourself as an NFL quarterback who didn't face the same level of competition. And a few guys have done that. I get it. But that you at least got to come in and you got to be sitting right there and you got to be having reports out there saying, you all got to see Jordan Love in practice. Let me tell you guys, because we heard those buzz, that buzz with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. Those things were happening from year one with Aaron Rodgers. And that's why they moved to kind of say, eh, it's time, Brett. You haven't heard any of that buzz with Jordan Love. It wasn't that he just wasn't the backup. There has been no one credible who a year into this experiment who said just wait so wait a minute I look at Philly and Jalen Hurts there's enough confidence in him that the Eagles say get out of here Carson Wentz 
we're moving on from you. Okay. I can look at all these other quarterbacks, young guys around the league, and they're getting reps, but no one's even telling me that Jordan Love looks great in practice. It's so much harder if you're Aaron Rodgers to look at this and go, listen, man, y'all can replace me, but you can't replace me with him. <laughs> if yeah, right. I mean, I, you got to move on. I get it. You got to do what you got to do. But that can't be the guy that comes behind me. Brett Favre was so furious because he knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be great. Mm-hmm. That, that's, what, that's what affected him. Joe Montana was at mad going to Kansas City. He knew Steve Young was going to be great. Peyton Manning, after the surgeries and the injuries, he knew the Colts. He didn't like it, but he could see what Andrew Luck was going to become. What's next, Green Bay? How, how do you get rid of an MVP? And you have a guy who's not even ready to be a backup. You've got problems. This is like when uh, the Houston Oilers traded Warren Moon to the Vikings and their answer was Cody Carlson. It was just like, is that going to work? Is that going to work, Houston Oilers? You gonna, your franchise is going to move maybe? <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, but you no, know, I, I really do think that that's a factor. He must see him in practice and just be like, come on, guys, you need me. I know you need me. And the fact that they've tried to walk everything back and they've tried to be like, Oh uh, no, it's fine. Um, Yes. We're in good spirits with Aaron. Like, yeah. Okay. Because you'd show them the door and you would trade him if you were confident in your guy. So clearly they're not. And that to me also, I, I totally agree. If that's a part that Aaron Rodgers is mad about, it's like, it wasn't that you even drafted someone good. It's not like you drafted number one. You drafted a guy that most people had as kind of a second round talent, just like a lot of, a lot of issues uh, mechanically and, Oh, he's got this great athleticism. Well, okay. A lot of people do now. I mean, you've got to be accurate and smart and all these things. So I don't know. Yeah. It all plays into it. I kind of think um, that if you were going to draft his replacement, like if Atlanta had drafted Justin Fields, if you were Matt Ryan, you'd have to go like, Okay, man, you don't get the fourth overall pick very often. And guess who earned the fourth overall pick? This guy was playing, you know, I was playing quarterback. We got the fourth overall pick. I walked myself into it. When you trade up in the 20s to draft, I mean, it's all, it's all, if you wanted to break up with someone, I mean, what would you do? You'd leave your phone out and unlocked while you've got texts with another girl, right? Like, I mean, you just come home, you spray yourself intentionally with woman's perfume and come home. Even if you weren't with someone else, you're like, yeah, I mean, who knows, right? (laughs) What is this? This is like uh, George Costanza trying to get the Yankees to fire him with them trying to get Aaron Rodgers out. It's it's true. And that's what makes it so compelling. Um, But let me ask you this uh, a little change of direction, though. So Kirk Cousins has obviously said nothing about Kellen Mond being drafted. The only thing he did was when he tweeted out welcome to the new draft picks, he kind of like buried Kellen Mond in between some of the other ones and it's sort of like Wyatt Davis first and Patrick Jones second. We need pass rush and the, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, how do you think he feels about this? Well, I think he hates it. And you know, like, I think we're going into the next couple of months and we think that the Aaron Rodgers thing will be the most compelling thing in the division. And it will be, you know, especially if they make a move. But number two is going to be this Kalamon situation. Like, people seem to think that he's the kind of guy who is going to develop into uh, a good quarterback, a guy that you can throw out there and, and see what he has, what you couldn't do with Jordan Love, apparently. I think it has to bother Kirk Cousins because – he hasn't done anything to not make this a competition. 
And I think if you're the Vikings and you've got a GM and a head coach trying to hold on to their jobs, this is not going to be a 17-game experiment with Kirk Cousins. This is going to be where we at at game six. And if Kellen Mond is developing in practice, and if his teammates have his back, and if there's a push with this organization to say, listen, we're two and four, uh, we need a spark. It's going to happen. So I think Kellen Mond is in arguably the most favorable position among these young quarterbacks. He ain't Zach Wilson and the spotlight in New York. He's not Trey Lance and you know, everybody's saying, oh, San Francisco can go back to the Super Bowl. I mean, he doesn't have any of that. He's just a guy who kind of has to be ready, I think, by week seven or eight to potentially fill in, replace Kirk Cousins if he's not getting the job done. So I think Kirk Cousins has to be furious knowing that Kellerman is is not there to be a two, three-year development project that, oh, yeah, he's going to be ready. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ready to go. You know, this season. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics. And I really do mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics. And since they reached out wanting to support this show, I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for full tractor-trailer loads. And if you're wondering what that means exactly... Well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LTL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855 855- 217-2688 extension 232 to connect with them directly to find out how Scout Logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company. Kirk Cousins is also a guy that has a different way of evaluating himself than other people do, I think. Like when we ask him about games that they lose, He'll say, well, I, you know, when I look back at the tape, I'll evaluate myself and how I played. You're like, this is the most oppo of any quarterback I've ever heard in post games, where it's usually like, if you lose, I did everything wrong and it's all my fault. And, you know, the goal is to win and everything else. Where Cousins just has this different tact about him, especially, and I know this annoyed some people like with the Vikings, that they'd lose a one point game on a final field goal. And he would sort of, you know, be smiling and shaking hands with Ryan Tannehill or something. And everyone would kind of be like, hey, Kirk, are you upset or are you just happy with the way you played? You know, and, and, and I don't know if that's like a natural just demeanor thing from him or it's sort of a lack of awareness, which I think is one of his qualities. But I, I wonder when it comes to this, if he looks at it and, and just can't like can't process why they would be thinking about another quarterback where the owners of this team are saying, look. We've paid a lot of money. 
And there's, there's one position that determines winning more than all the others. Tennessee had a horrible defense last year. They were in the playoffs because their quarterback played pretty well. Right. And then, you know, they've got a running game too, but ultimately they had one of the most efficient passing games and, and that's, what's going to drive your success. So I, I wonder if yet if infuriated would be it. Um, I don't think that he's going to be so motivated though by it that all of a sudden he plays different. I don't think that that's a thing that exists. I just don't think that's a thing that exists like in sports that like, oh, you drafted my replacement. Well, now I'm going to go Michael Jordan on your ass. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's possible. Well, and it's not necessary for a quarterback with his market value. Let's say the Vikings decide they're going to move on from Kirk Cousins. Is his career over? Absolutely not. No, no, definitely not. Because there will be three or four teams who will be saying, oh, oh, yeah, add him, you know? Like, Kirk Cousins is going to keep getting paid one way or the other. Everyone thought that Kirk – Carson Wentz legitimately tried to play his way out of a starting quarterback opportunity in the NFL. He was as bad as you can be among all the starting quarterbacks. I think he had the lowest QBR. On top of it, guys in the locker room are starting to back off of him and go, I don't know, man. His energy isn't really helping the team. You know, apparently not even talking to his head coach and all the drama there. Carson Wentz literally checked every single possible box that you could in terms of, yeah, I don't know if you want to trade for that guy and make him your starter. And you know what the Colts did? They traded for that guy and they made him their starter. Yeah. So I think if you're Kirk Cousins, I think you may be frustrated with what Kellen Mond represents. But you also know if it doesn't work out in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins will get another opportunity to be a starter in this NFL. Not only that, the check is cashed. The money is guaranteed. It became guaranteed on the third day of the league year. So he's already paid. He doesn't have to worry about even how he plays in order to still get his checks. And really, actually, his 2017 season is also evidence that he'll still get paid. He was bad that year. They had a bad team. He didn't play very well. I think PFF had him something like 18th in the league. And he got paid the number one contract that just tells you about the value of that position and how teams are willing to talk themselves into it. The one area I would say, and I don't feel bad for Kirk with anything. He's got a pretty charmed life and he's doing okay. But from a sports perspective, I feel bad for Kirk in this way. He is always going to be a reflection of whatever else you have around him. Always. That's who he is. And Aaron Rodgers is not that Aaron Rodgers, whatever you have around him, multiply it by five. What if it's, if it's a team that's bad, you're in the playoffs anyway, because he's that good. The same thing goes for Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Russell Wilson too. Like the Seahawks with Kirk cousins last year, like eight and eight with him, they're 12 and four. So there's a big difference, but um, they haven't built over the last few years, some rosters that were deserving of going 13 and three again, either. I mean, they, lost key pieces in 2018 things went wrong they didn't factor for them they've overpaid certain people they have not built depth in certain places they haven't drafted well in pretty much any of the last you know four or five drafts outside of getting obviously Justin Jefferson but I mean it's it's kind of like this is this is what you signed up for and it was actually on you to make sure that he was uh, you know surrounded with a team that could be a 13 and three team and he wasn't So it was a tough needle to thread, but he hasn't been any different than Kirk Cousins ever was. He's been exactly what you signed up for. And now you're like, oh, actually, we we don't like you anymore. It's your fault. It's like, well, he was Kirk and you signed Kirk. So 
what? Well, and you got the consistency of Kirk. Um, you know, if there's one pro, it's that you know, with Kirk, you have the ability to win eight or nine games every year. If you're good, and there's a lot around him, that number can go up to 11, 12. But the floor for him also can be, you know, seven games, depending on how he, he plays. So I think it's a situation where the expectation of what happened after the Case Keenum year and what the Vikings thought they were going to be and what Kirk Cousins was supposed to represent. To go from that to this, it's just hard to shake that, you know? And I blame the Vikings for touting Kirk Cousins as the missing piece, right? And that set expectations that this was a team that just needed an upgrade at quarterback and everything was going to change. And then all of a sudden you're going to be in the Super Bowl. So, so it, it's um, I don't know if he's faced completely fair expectations, but I also don't think he's played to his potential consistently. So there's just disappointment, I think, all around with everyone involved when it comes to the Kirk Cousins era thus far. And and that's why I think it's not going to be the situation where let's ride it out. If you're Mike Zimmer, you know, let's give him a chance. You've given him a lot of chances. I think if Kellerman is showing a lot of improvement, you make the move and you say, let's see what happens with this young guy. Let's see what he can develop into. Let's see if on a favorable rookie deal, we go in that direction and try to build around him and see if we can get a playoff team again. Because I just don't think you can give Kirk Cousins 17 more games to prove something, you know, whether it's the fit, the franchise, whatever it is, maybe it's just not working or not going to work. Uh, maybe this is like a Flacco to Lamar Jackson thing. Maybe they put Mond at wide receiver to start. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's the type of runner of Lamar Jackson, but that would be funny if they were like, re- remember when Joe Flacco had Lamar Jackson wide open in the end zone and didn't throw it to him. He's just like, no, I ain't throwing passes to that guy. He's going to replace me. So yeah, I, I, I think it is really funny that the team with the most stability going forward at the quarterback position in the division is the Chicago bears. Now, that you can guarantee who their quarterback is going to be for the next few years. You cannot in Minnesota, Green Bay, or Detroit. How about that? Uh, Myron, always super fun to get together with you, man. I, I hope we can do it on the semi-regular throughout the off season. We'll have a good time. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how all this plays out, man. Like I, I just keep like, I open up Twitter every day to be like, did they trade Rogers? Like, is this going to happen? Same. <laughs> you know, right. So Same. we'll see, man. Well, I appreciate your time. It's great to get together with you, dude. Thanks as always, man.